Blog Talk Radio. Era notte târziu. It was very late at night. Stăteam pe o piatră afară. I was sitting outside on a rock. Lustania m-a arătat piatra că nu o fol la mine. As Stan said, I showed him the rock when he came to my home. Acolo stam și mă gândeam ce am făcut eu. And I was just thinking, what did I do? Plângeam să nu mă vadă familia. I was crying so my family wouldn't see me. Deodată am văzut că vine o lumină spre mine. And all of a sudden I saw a light coming towards Când me. Când am văzut lumina, am crezut că e o mașină. When I saw the light, I thought it was a car. În Italia și în România m-au urmărit cu mașina să mă urmă. Because in Romania and in Italy they always try to run me over with cars. So I thought they found me here too. Dar nu fost mașină. But it was not a car. The light surrounded me. Și din lumina am auzit aceeași voce. And out of the light I heard the same voice. Era același înger. It was the same angel. Dumitru, de ce ești tu disperat? Dumitru, why are you so despair? De ce mai pedepsit așa de tare? Why did you punish me so harshly? Ce am făcut eu? What did I do? Ce nu m-ai lăsat pe mine în pușcărie? Why couldn't you let me stay in prison? Familia avea unii să stea. But my family would have had a home. Zic eu n-am unii îmi plec acasă. I don't have a bed to let my head down on. De ce m-ai adus aici? Why was I brought here? Dimitri, I brought you to this country because this country will burn. So why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in jail in my own country? Dimitri, touch. He said, Dimitri, be quiet. Get beside me. I don't know what the device was, but he pulled me beside him, and he showed me all of California. Do you see what I've shown you? This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. Their sins have reached God, and God has decided to punish them by fire. He came and showed me Las Vegas. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. He came and showed me New York. This is New York. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day it will burn. And then he showed me Florida. This is Florida. This is a Sodom and Gomorrah. And in one day it will burn. You've been listening to the Wake Up America message with Dimitri Dudeman. For a copy of this very important message, please go to our website at handofhelp.com. Never before in the history of our country has our nation been in more jeopardy than now. Please order a copy of the video Wake Up America at the handhelp.com website and get the warning out while we still have time. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. Welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am, as always, your Rubenesque host, Michael Boldia. And uh, it's good to have you with us again, uh, as has become customary whenever we're recording the program. I do let you know, just in case the end of the world comes between now and when it's supposed to air, uh, today is... July the 7th, the year of our Lord, 2022. And uh, the breaking news of the hour is that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of uh, the United Kingdom, is going to resign. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I don't care. It's rainy in England and most people have bad teeth. Uh, They got what they voted for. They got what they deserved. And now they're probably going to get something worse. Uh, even though uh, Mr. Uh, Johnson, other than his uh, proclivity for alcohol, uh, didn't impress uh, the citizenry of England much. Now, uh, before we get into the topics of the day, and there are topics aplenty, uh, we're going to do a little housekeeping. First of all, uh, there are no more open slots for Kentucky Fried Roadkill. Uh, that's it. All the investors are accounted for, and uh, we're, we're going to feed the folks the best roadkill we can find. Second of all, did get the T-shirts from whoever sent them. I have a clue as to who did, and I, I do need to point something out. I'm uh, 1998 fat, not 2022 fat. So uh, what does that mean in essence? Well, in essence, uh, 2022 fat would be where you're short of breath after eating a box of Twinkies, uh, where you have a mobility scooter in your house and in your car because you don't want to get the mobility scooter from the house to the car. 
1998 fat is, um, well, you know, I, I could probably do a 5K, not, not full-out sprint, but maybe jog and have a 50-50 shot that my heart won't explode. So uh, I appreciate the shirts. Funny, fat and sassy, always funny. But uh, the only uh, avenue I have uh, as far as using them is to basically sew up the neck holes and make them tense for my kids. Uh, I'm, I'm not a 5XL. I know I say I'm fat, but that's not fat. That's, you know, walking dead, basically. Uh, when, when they have to cut out half your wall to get you out of your house, I, that ship has pretty much sailed as far as quality of life. I don't know. I know. See, people say I hate women. Now they're going to say I hate fat people. You, you, you just hate yourself. That's what. No, no. Again, you know what? I'm, I'm not one to throw stones. I'm, I'm husky. But again, I'm not 5X husky. I'm a 2X husky. There's a big difference there. That's about 220 pounds of difference. That's in like almost, well, not, not an, an extra me. Let's be honest. If I was 220 pounds, I'd be a swimwear model. I mean, I have the physique for it. That's, you know, just all things considered. But that'd be like another, you know, 65% of me. So uh, anyway, thank you for the shirts, though. I'm sure that I will find someone who is uh, of a, a very mountainous stature uh, that will use some of them. And then I'm going to make tents for my kids for the other ones. Now, I know, see, some of you, but talk about the important things, My, Why do you have to joke all the time? Because the reality of the world around us is scary sad. Uh, what was it? On, on, on uh, the 4th of July, about an hour and change away from me, another young men of effeminate features uh, who had the propensity of dressing up in women's attire, Let's put it that way, because, I mean, I guess he ran away from the shooting in a dress. So don't start, well, no, he was technically, he wasn't, he wasn't trans. Uh, I don't know what his pronouns were. You shouldn't judge. His pronoun is insane. That's his pronoun. He doesn't get any other pronoun than that. For any, we need to stop with the lunacy of pronouns and, and, and 87 genders, because the world as a whole is, is just slip sliding into you know the armpits of satan right now i mean let's just face the reality have you seen what's happening in sri lanka right now i know who cares about sri lanka because up until recently they were actually you know a functioning government a functioning nation now poor sri lankans are chasing uh, affluent sri lankans down the street breaking into their homes uh, and, and, and pretty much having their way with the nation. Uh, and you want to know why? Well, because of much the same things that we ourselves are experiencing here in these United States, former, formerly the land of the free and home of the brave. Uh, Sri Lanka is grinding to a halt amid fuel shortage, inflation, and austerity, prompting mass protests. I know, but Brother Mike, our fuel's just expensive. We don't have any shortages. Yet. Pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage. I know that you were expecting it. You were anticipatory in uh, hearing me slurp some hot coffee and... You know, patience pays off. Uh, it's just black. It's hot. Uh, it's actually pretty good. Uh, somebody in the office uh, got the, you know, not, not the generic K-Cops, if you know what I mean. So these, these are actually like branded K-Cops. This is coffee. Amazing. Anyway, back to Sri Lanka. Uh, fuel shortages, inflation, and austerity. Well, we have the inflation already. Fuel short. Fuel shortages are coming. Food shortages uh, will, will shortly come after that. And you're telling me that we're not going to look like Sri Lanka come, I don't know, six, eight months from now if, the, if things continue to progress the way they are? 
People are being beaten in the street. Homes are being ransacked. We talked about crimes of necessity and crimes of opportunity and how the whole game changes when it, once crimes of necessity come to the fore. We're getting close to seeing crimes of necessity in the U.S. You're having people drilling gas tanks and siphoning gas. You're having people wake up in the morning and their car's not running. What happened? Well, somebody just took your catalytic converter. Welcome to the club. And I know what you're thinking. Maybe that senator from Michigan was right. We should all buy electric, and then the thieves won't have any catalytic converters to steal. Uh, saw a snippet of a video. I'm sure you'll find it somewhere on, you know, Tick Twink or whatever. I don't – It's somebody sent it to me. I don't even know what it was on. But it was a line of Teslas waiting for charging stations, and – the idea is that in order to charge a Tesla, uh, you need, I, I guess, an hour, hour and change. And there was a line of Teslas, maybe 130 strong. And these people were just sitting there like sheeple. I understand. It's a Tesla. You have that little, you know, fire on your screen. It, it, it looks like it's a log cabin. But eventually, you run out of battery to run even the fake fire. And what are you going to do then? So let's, let's read just a little bit of this story before, you know, before we go back to uh, the reality, the undeniable reality that the last two mass shootings in these United States were precipitated by young, malnourished, effeminate men wearing women's clothes or who had the predisposition to dress up like girls or wear cheerleading outfits. So uh, I know, I know, but you can't make that connection. Well, they make the connections about Christians and bigotry all the time. They make the connection about Christians and, well, all Christians hate women because they want babies to live. How do you get to that conclusion? The fact that I want a baby to live doesn't mean I hate women. And by the way, somebody forwarded me a comment. Somebody left. Well, you know, it's okay. You hate women, and you're not really American, so you don't understand how beautiful the fat chicks are in America, or something to that extent. I know. I I, I generalized, and and I used uh, literary license. That's not exactly what the comment said, but just be honest the standard of beauty is the standard of beauty if a woman is beautiful most men not all because there are some who are odd you know like well i i like her to have a big adam's apple and some really really you know meaty thighs whatever i understand there's you know there's exceptions to the rule but objectively speaking there's a certain standard of beauty where you look and you go, that's a handsome woman. We're not talking about the DHS secretary. We're not, we're not talking about Mr. Madam Levine. We're talking about actual women. Women that were born women. That have all the necessary accoutrement to be able to biologically call themselves women. And objectively speaking, you look and you go, that's a pretty woman. I'm not talking about like super thin or super big or anything, but facial features, the way that, that she holds herself, the way she walks, there's something about a beautiful woman where you go, okay, she's a beautiful woman. Oh, look at Brother Michael. He's lusting in his heart. No, I'm not. You can say a woman's beautiful without going, <laughs> stop, we're adults. You can be honest with yourself and say, this is a beautiful woman. 450 pounds and smelling of bologna is nobody's standard of beauty. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. So for that individual, God bless, adieu, farewell, goodbye. I don't hate women. Now, let me be clear. I love one woman and two little girls. I have... 
brotherly love towards my sisters in Christ and towards family members that are of the female gender. But as far as women in general, I'm indifferent. I don't care. See, how, how, how full of yourself do you have to be to think that every waking moment that I'm alive, I go, oh, I hate women. No, I'm indifferent. What I hate is feminism and the fact that it's, 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 it's crawled its way into the church, into the household of faith. And, and instead of saying, hey, look, Women can do some things better than men can. Men can do some things better than women can. Not every vocation, not every job, not everything is interchangeable. Doing that, being honest with her, I can't breastfeed. I'm sorry, no matter how hard I try, I'm not Pete Buttigieg. The only man alive to ever breastfeed apparently was Pete Buttigieg, and he had an artificial breast. So, again, women can do things men can't. But, Men can also do things that women can't. So it's the interchangeability of gender roles. It's, it's, it's feminism where, oh, women can be kings. No, the best they can be is a queen. And, you know, given history and its painful reminder, they don't make good queens. Eventually the whole thing goes asunder. War is had and death is assured. So let's not go there. You know, let's just leave it at that. Oh, by the way, Louisiana, did you see that? I know some of you are scratching your heads going, what's he talking about? Well, our esteemed vice president, Kumala Harris, was at some sort of symposium. And the people putting on this symposium were so intelligent and erudite I'm assuming it was like a women's convention. That's just my assumption, because honestly, a guy would have caught it. I know. Look at him, Marjola. I told you he was a misogynist. No, but you can see Louisiana's misspelled from a mile away. So instead of Louisiana, it was Louisiana. Uh, and, and there she sat, never once noticing it. And uh, that should scare you, given that She's next in line for president of these United States. That's all I'm going to say about that. If you don't know how to spell Louisiana or don't notice that it was misspelled, ask somebody for a magic marker and just go, there you go, fixed it for you. Uh, Then I'm sorry. I know strong, powerful women can rule the world just as well as men. Well, first they need to learn how to spell. See, I'm not making any friends. I, I think that at some point, Beth Moore is going to declare a jihad on me. Thankfully, Muslim men don't pay people like Beth Moore any mind, so they wouldn't take the contract. There I go again. I don't know. It's one of those days. It was beautiful out this morning. 60-ish, a little humid, but I had a lovely walk. And I thought to myself, self, It's only downhill from here because uh, looking at the world in the way that only I can, I see that what is happening in Sri Lanka uh, is, is likely to happen in the U.S. given a bad two months because there's nobody bright enough in this administration to try to even start to fix what they've messed up. I don't even think they want to. I know. some. See, now, now you have the, the two. Talk about the Georgia Guidestones. No, talk about the aliens. Well, to pacify all of you, uh, the Georgia Guidestone was a means of communication with a certain alien race. And another alien race, decided to blow up the Georgia Guidestones so that their emissaries couldn't communicate because there's two warring factions of aliens that want to take over Earth. There's the Greys and there's the Greens. And so the Greys and the Greens have always been at war, and this was the first blow of an intergalactic war. And scene. There. You happy? 
pacified everyone. Everyone's happy now. Oh, there he goes. See? Look, there's so many other things to look at and go, oh, my goodness. This, not even a blip on my radar. It's a distraction. A lot of people apparently are very excited about it. But it's not as though there aren't 37 million pictures of what the Georgia Guidestone said. It's not as though that knowledge was forever lost to the river of time and the sands of history. No, they know what they said. They're still going to try to implement it. So I'm not as excited as some people, but you know what? Excite away. If that's what you need to get you through the day, then bravo. The guidestones are no more. Fuel shortages in Sri Lanka have triggered a wave of protests calling for the resignation of President Gotabaya Rajapaska. Now, there's a name only a mother could love. This comes as Sri Lanka's government has forced the closure of all schools and announced plans to cut electricity by up to three hours a day, as well as stop printing currency to quell inflation. That'll fix it. What was it uh, the illustrious Janet Yellen said? We can just make $1 trillion coin and that'll fix the debt for the nation. This is on par with what the Sri Lankans are doing. You know what? I got an idea. If we stop printing money, people won't have money to spend, so they'll accept less for whatever they're trying to sell. That's genius. You are a genius, Gotabaya Rajapaska. Why didn't we think of this sooner? We should also collect all the legal tender in the country and give each person one rupee. Imagine the value of the rupee if everyone just had one. Not only would that fix the inflation problem, it would also make the rupee the most expensive currency in the world. You get 100 rupees together, you could buy yourself an American state. We fixed it. Well, apparently, the people didn't see it quite this way. Sri Lanka is also facing a dire shortage of food and medicine. And doctors say the country's entire health system could collapse. There is no discussion on the part of the government on how we as Sri Lankans are going to come out of this crisis, says Ailan Kadir Gamar, political economist and senior lecturer at the University of Jaffna, who explains how the government's doubling down on austerity measures have devastated the working class. And this is the problem with quote-unquote university professors that have no experience in the real world. If not for the austerity measures, now again, it's not about not printing any more currency, but you have to have austerity measures in order to curb the inflation, uh, which, which is what the Fed is kind of trying to do here. The problem is not really working. If anyone is interested... Look up the Weimar Republic and see uh, their currency devaluation, what it went to, and that people were walking around with just bricks of cash. And, and they're, I'll, I'll give you a brick of cash for an egg. Uh, no, thank you. Or danke, nein, uh, because that's how bad it got. So Sri Lanka is one of the first dominoes to fall and uh, it won't be the last but I, I understand that sometimes given the right environment uh, we, we, we joke around a bit on this program But the reality is that the situation is dire. And 
given everything that we're seeing, it's going to grow more dire still. Uh, The latest thing that the administration has done, because why not? Uh, President Joe Biden has decided to ship American oil to foreign countries, including China. Uh Uh-huh. Now, we don't have excess oil. The oil that they're attempting to ship to China is from what is known as the National Reserves. The question that you must contend with is what happens when those reserves run out and they're not replenished? Where does gas go as far as price? I know people are excited. Oil's down. Oil's down. Give it a minute. Just give it a minute. Everybody wants everything the same day. This is a process. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, when they used to demolish the old hotels in Las Vegas. Uh, there's, there's video clips on YouTube. I, I, I've seen that because I, I think it's fascinating. After the first couple of explosions, it starts to sink slowly. And then all of a sudden, it picks up speed. And when all is said and done, all you see is a dust cloud. That is currently what is happening to this economy. We're seeing the implosion of the American dollar. We're seeing the implosion of the American economy. And there is no wise and tempered hand on the wheel. These people are guessing it best, and and <laughs> look, every choice they've made was wrong. Every proclamation that they came out with regarding inflation, regarding the economy, and everything else was the complete opposite. Now, people got excited yesterday because the job numbers, there's a lot of jobs available, and, and there were some hiring. Well, look, look a little deeper. Just dig a smidge and see where all the hiring occurred. The hiring occurred in the service sector. Summer's here. We have to hire kids to make milkshakes and and burn fries and things like that. But as far as real jobs, you know, the jobs that pay the bills, the jobs that, you know, six figures or not, not so much. I, I'm so sorry. Is no job for you. Tech companies are laying people off left and right. So this excitement over the fact that people are getting work, they're getting summer jobs. I was talking to my little brother the other day. People are offering so much money in the area, we're tempted to become part-timers. If not for their politics and their lunacy, I'd go to work at Target for, what, 30 bucks an hour to play in a forklift or some ridiculous thing. My brother was saying they have $3,000 signing bonus for you just to show up and take a job. Think on that. So any, any glimmer of hope that people have for this particular economy needs to be tempered with the reality of what is going on in the ecosystem known as the American economy. Stagflation is the most optimistic thing we can hope for. They're preparing you for a recession. I'm preparing for a depression. We'll see who's right. Maybe I'll tender my application for Fed chair if I'm right. But who's going to hire me? I'm, I'm... not non-binary, I'm not transgender, I'm not a peg leg, I don't have an eye patch. So uh, the chances of me becoming Fed chair are quite slim, but still, you got to throw your hat in the ring in order to have a chance. Now, 
back to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and how we've decided to say, hey, we're going to sell some to China. The whole idea of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is owned by the U.S. government, specifically the U.S. Department of Energy, is to hold on to about 700 million barrels of oil in the event of an emergency or disruption. But now, because uh, Monsieur Adult Diaper has closed pipelines, killed oil and gas leases, refused to allow refining or uh, to expand, and has gone to war with affordable energy, uh, the SPR is releasing about a million gallons a day into the U.S. economy. So we're already bleeding a million gallons a day from our strategic petroleum reserves just to keep the prices from shooting up to 13 14 bucks a gallon in California out you know where normal people live eh, 8 to 10 instead of doing something permanent and useful instead of solving the crises he created he's looking to steady he's collapsing poll numbers by squandering our reserves and of course this is an op-ed so uh you could tell the bend of the rider already. That's bad enough. So bad, the SPR is now at its lowest level since 1986. Well, looky, looky. Apparently, the stock market also had its worst six months since, what, 1972? I'm, you know, I'm waiting for the roaring 30s again, to be honest with you. I'm waiting for depression level collapse because everything is smoke and mirrors everything is as the kids like to call it fugazi it's fake there's no real money everything and once this thing starts crumbling it will only accelerate the further along we go Well, when it comes to punishing the American people, uh, this is the decision that was made recently. More than 5 million barrels of oil that were part of a historic U.S. emergency reserve release to lower domestic fuel prices were exported to Europe and Asia last month, according to data and sources. Even as U.S. gasoline and diesel prices hit record highs. By the by, there is already a diesel shortage in certain states. I am not looking for that to get any better anytime soon. Just, you know, all cards on the table, as the saying goes. The fourth largest U.S. oil refiner, Phillips 66, shipped about 470,000 barrels of sour crude from the Big Hill SPR storage site in Texas to Trieste, Italy, according to U.S. Customs data. Trist is the home of the pipeline that sends oil to refineries in Central Europe because the Europeans can't buy it from the Russians anymore because the Russians won't sell it to them. So, hey, We've shut down our pipeline. We've shut down production. But that's okay, Italians. We got you. I know. What do you have against Italians? Nothing. You make a decent pizza and, you know, spaghetti al pomodoro, one of my top five, if it's done right. The spaghetti needs to be a little al dente because if it's, like, really soft, then, eh, the pomodoro, eh, you know what I mean. I know. What you talking about now? Anything except the things that just make my skin crawl. Like, I don't know. Sure, let's go here. Why not? Because, you know, well, give us something meaningful. We're wasting an hour. Well, you don't have to. I mean, I got to finish out the program. I understand that. I've made a commitment. I'm here. But you don't have to. But since you're squawking about me talking about spaghetti al pomodoro, uh, NPR wants to queer youth. That comes as a surprise. Because, you know, we don't have enough shootings by uh, limp-wristed, effeminate young men wearing dresses. We need more. But why, why do you have to make that corollary? 
last two shootings. Next one in the pipeline, if it happens to be a burly Mexican, I'll go, hey, you know, it broke the trend. It's not a guy in a skirt anymore. It's not a kid in a dress anymore. It's not a kid that looks like he hasn't had real meat in the last four years anymore. You know why fat people don't do shootings? Because we have food to fall back on. That's why. A good slice of pecan pie will make you less angry, guaranteed. Kids, and I don't even want to call them kids. They're animals. They're gargoyles. They're demons in meat suits. You can't kill people ad hoc. You can't kill children the way they did without having something missing from what is supposed to be the human soul. That said, there's a pattern emerging. Even the other one that shot up the church some time ago, the the one that, that shot up the black church, did you see a picture of him? Granted, he didn't wear dresses, but still looked a little malnourished. He was probably vegan. Maybe it's the soy. Maybe it's the imitation meat that's making people crazy. I can't believe it's not meat. It's beyond meat. It's beyond disgusting is what it is. Stop yourself. You know what? Instead of eating beyond meat twice a day, fast for three days. Go buy yourself a real burger. Have one meal every three days, but make it worth it. There you go. That's my advice for the day. But back to NPR, because, you know, again, It always happens. It never fails. Every time the church gets a win, like Roe versus Wade, we get excited, we celebrate, and we never stop celebrating. We don't realize that the battle is still ongoing. We don't realize that the other side hasn't quit. We don't realize that the devil didn't go to sleep. Oh, I lost. Oh, well, I guess the Christians won this round. He is constantly on the attack. He is constantly on the offensive. So I understand there's a reason to rejoice. Babies will live because of this decision. How many? God only knows. But like the other side is so fond of saying, if it only saves one life. Indeed, I agree. And in this instance, it actually will. It'll save a life, maybe two, maybe 2,000, maybe 2 million. Thank God. However... Winning a battle doesn't mean that you've won the war. And this is the mindset that the church needs to get out of. Oh, we did it. This, but guess what? If they can't get in through the front door, they'll use the side window. NPR wants to queer youth. Date yourself, redefine sex, sexually transmitted diseases are not dirty. Yes, by definition they are. Dirty, dirty, birdie. Anyway, let's read the article. I'm not trying to tamper your joy. I'm just trying to show you the reality of the situation we're in. National Public Radio used their July 4th broadcast to broadcast a segment about queer sex education which promotes masturbation, redefines sex, and denounces the terrible lie that sexually transmitted diseases make one dirty. This is national public radio. Guess what? If you pay taxes, you're funding this. That's what NPR stands for. National public radio. The public funds it. If you are unhappy or dissatisfied as to where your tax dollars are going, maybe you should say something. Otherwise, don't complain that NPR is teaching your kids how to masturbate and saying that sexually transmitted diseases don't make one dirty. What does it make you? Oh? I... Brother Mike, let's, we, we don't discuss these things. These things should not be mentioned. Why? They're doing it. If we're going to bury our head in the sand and pretend as though this isn't happening, then 
I'm, I, I, well, Joel Osteen doesn't have kids because he's too much of a narcissist to love anything other than himself. So never mind that. But I'm, I'm waiting for one of these major pastor's kids to, to, to come out as trans. Creflo Dollar's got a kid. She called the cops on him because in a drunken rage, he like, punched her in the face or something. I don't know. I don't judge. I don't drink, so likely I will never punch my kid in the face. But sometimes, you know, kids get lippy. Again, it's a joke. Lighten up. The story is part of the left-wing media's Life Kit series, which it describes as service journalism indeed. When, 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 when they try to teach you how to masturbate, it's service journalism. Wink, wink. Uh, this report is titled, The Importance of Inclusion in Sex Education. NPR framed the story by connecting it to Florida's parental rights in education law, which is called don't say gay legislation. By the way, that's not what it's called. And FYI, if you want to know which way the winds are blowing, uh, keep your finger on the pulse of how many people are starting to call uh, Ron DeSantis worse than Hitler. Uh, if they continue, because they've already started, but if, if it's amplified, it's likely that he will run for president. And if he runs for president, he will win the nomination. I know, I know. What about bare-chested Trump with an M16? I, some people's fantasies are their own. I don't judge. You know, but, again, I like the cut of Ron DeSantis' jib. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see how this plays out. I'm sure that whoever runs is going to be worse than Hitler, uh, you know, but that's all they've got. Look, the other side understands that the average citizen is looking at what's happening in this country and are naturally averse to it. So, American prophetic, I'm looking uh, as far as the midterms are concerned, sometime eh, August, September-ish, new lockdowns. Uh, the the, the monkeypox was, was a dud, evidently. Apparently, uh, it, not enough uh, homosexual Africans to move the needle to try to do another lockdown. I know you're not allowed to say it. You're not allowed to say who gets it and who spreads it. And calling it monkeypox is racist. Why? That's what they called it. That's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, either uh, look for a new increase, substantial increase in the cases of the COVIDs, or uh, some sort of new variant or some sort of new disease that makes you bleed out your eye sockets or something, you know, something great that Dr. Fauci's kept on the back burner for times such as these, because uh, they're realizing that they've got no shot uh, at a honest and fair election where people show up to the polls and cast their ballot. They've look, even the people on their side uh, are like, I, I don't want to pay this much for gas. Well, you cast your vote. I know you and your dead grandma and three dead uncles voted as well. I get that. But some people did vote for Joe Biden. I don't believe it's 83 million. Call me a doubting Thomas. I need to see the proof. There is none. There's a lot of proof saying, hey, the level of fraud was off the scale. But that's neither here nor there. We're just here to banty about. So, more than a dozen states have proposed similar bills. The NPR host said, this could affect what students are taught in sex education. For NPR's Life Kit, Lily Kiros explains the basics of queer sex education. Because that's what I want my kids to hear when NPR's on. Because we're not putting on music. Have you heard those lyrics lately? They're, they're mighty frisky. So let's put on some safe NPR. This is NPR. Welcome to the program. So, you know, get it? 
Now, imagine that. You're trying to shelter your children from hearing raunchy lyrics sung by uh, loose women. And you, and you throw it onto the good old NPR, and there they are talking about queer sex and about queer sex education. The NPR reporter interviewed a sexuality educator who also founded and performs at a venue called Vulgar in Mexico City. I wonder what that's about. One of the awesome opportunities about being a queer person is that we may not be as entrenched in some of the gender narratives and roles that can be kind of prescriptive around sexuality. No, you just lose your mind, put on dresses, and go shoot people. Apparently, that's the new Vogue. Milena Jaconda Davis said, where'd you get the Davis from? You have the most Mexican name in the history of Mexican Milena Joconda Davis, please. So I think it can be a really amazing opportunity for us to explore our sexuality outside of those norms and patterns. Yes, because those norms and patterns have only served civilization and society for the last, what, four, 6,000 years. We should probably throw all those things out. I mean, they have no proven track record. What's a few thousand years? So now let's queer up everybody. Let's shoot our kids up with, you know, estrogen and testosterone blockers. Start snipping beats and pieces off of them. You know, eh, they're extraneous. Wait for 20 years and see how that pans out. Because if you think it's bad now, Imagine all these butchered kids coming into adulthood out of their minds on the drugs they were injected and fed for the last 20 years. Imagine them getting their hands on a nice little nine milli. Yeah. So I, there's, 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 there's no looking forward and seeing some sort of light at the end of this particular tunnel. Uh, and Milena, guys, encourages you to create your own definition of steps. Exactly. What was it? A, a, a lady married a fern? I think that was the last thing I read. She married her fern because, you know, love is love. For me, it would be like pleasure-oriented experiences or interactions that involves some sort of arousal, you know, that doesn't mean that it has to end in orgasm, uh, Milena Joconda said. So I'm not, this is on NPR. That's, that's what I'm trying to point out here. National Public Radio. <laughs> and the report. Let's just, I, I guess I'm going to finish this because, again, This is the insanity with which we have to grapple. So I get it. Celebrate. It was a good thing that Roe versus Wade got overturned. For some people, it was even a good thing that the Georgia Guidestones got blown up. But there's still a lot of road to road, kids. (sighs) All right, y'all, the reporter said. Our second takeaway is to get to know your body and discover what pleasure feels like to you. My question is this. Was there an age-appropriate warning on this program before it started? Because the cartoons my kids watch once in a while, this is rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. I wonder if they at NPR actually had that caption before this monster started going into this kind of detail. So this is the reporter. I, can't, I, I cannot use the Mexican accent because this is the reporter talking. 
All right, y'all, the reporter said. Our second takeaway is to get to know your body and discover what pleasure feels like to you. So why do we even have sex? Well, for one reason, many of us enjoy the pleasure it gives us, right? NPR. And one of the best parts about it is that we can access a lot of that pleasure on our own. What if grandma was right? What if you do go blind if you do it? Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, so set the mood just like you might for someone you're interested in and have a date night to yourself. Explore every inch of your body. Now, for the ladies that, you know, are pushing 500 pounds, that may take a minute. I'm just saying, give yourself enough time. That was wrong. And the report includes downplaying the dangers of sexually transmitted infections and the unfair stigma and terrible lie that these diseases are dirty. There you go. See, again, we need to normalize everything that's perverted. are, are, Are you a walking Petri dish of sexually transmitted diseases? Don't feel dirty. That's a terrible lie. And uh, this is back to uh, Senora or Senorita Milena Joconda. I think the biggest thing is that STI make you dirty, which is just a terrible lie, Davis said. Now they're calling her Davis. I'm still going to call her Joconda. Where'd you get the Davis from? Anyway, I know. I'm a stickler for these things. And also, I think the other one is like, if you get an STI, your sex life is over. No, you should spread it. You should spread it like farmers spread manure on an empty field in the spring. Spread it everywhere. Like, no, most STIs are curable or treatable, and it doesn't have to be like this market shame. It's not shame. So, bravo, NPR. Once again, (laughs) your tax dollars are going to a worthy cause. Uh, I I can't. See, there you go. You made me do it. I was going to skip this one because it's gross. It's disgusting. Yes, you're dirty. If you have an STD, you're dirty. Stop being a whore and spreading it. On the other hand, stop being a man whore and spreading it. Whatever. This is why the prescription of a man meeting a woman, getting married, having children, having a family, having a home, raising their children in the fear of the Lord, and then continuing that cycle works. Because you you don't have lonely people lighting candles and touching themselves for six hours. You don't have disease-riddled people going from one partner to the other every 65 minutes, spreading disease like a dust cropper. You have a family and a family unit, and your desire is to protect and provide for that family, to keep a roof over their heads, to keep them fed to educate your children properly, to see them growing. It's not all about the pleasure. See, but that's the thing. When you have nothing else, when your life is empty and void of any meaning, all you have is the pleasure. When you have no children, when, when you have no continuity of your DNA to look to and go, wow, we created this, me and you. And the will of God made a baby. Now there's three. Whoop, now there's two babies, not people. When, when your life is empty of anything meaningful, that's the last resort. You light a candle and have a date with yourself and you touch yourself. And you wake up 
and you eat some ice cream and you cry in the ice cream. And then if you are a man, you put on a dress and you go get a gun. And you go on a roof and you see a lot of happy, smiling people. You see the mama and the daddy and the baby. And your heart is filled with hate. And because you cannot stand other people having joy, you rob them of life. Because if you cannot have that, why should they? Hmm? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Because I know I'm not. Maybe someone should look into that. It's all about the pleasure. No, it's not. It's about having a purpose. Having fulfillment in, in, in something other than yourself. It's about serving God. It's about growing a family. We've created the monsters that are being unleashed upon society. And unfortunately, sadly, innocent people are paying the price. The most heartbreaking story was that little toddler that was just wandering around because both of his parents were shot dead by a boy in a dress. And with that, thank you for listening. May God bless you. May God keep you. (sighs) We'll see you next week, Lord willing. And Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mike. Well, Romans 1 is very clear about men turning their lust towards men, women towards women, and the tragedies that are unfolding in America are unbelievably sad and tragic and just a country that's left God in so many areas, including God in school, prayer in school, our colleges, and families, the guy that did this shooting in Highland Park, his dad ran for mayor in that town. And his dad bombastically stated a day or two ago, I'm going to hold my head up high. I did nothing wrong. And I would say you did something very wrong. You did not have God in your home like you should have to raise your kids properly to respect life, to not become a transgender, murdering, rampaging lunatic. And I I really believe with all my heart, if one of my kids did that, I would not hold my head up high. I would be absolutely stunned and shamed. We got to fight for the values of the word of God, the faith. We got to defend it. We are in Watertown going to push back against the drag show they want to bring into town. We've called for July 16th to be a day of worship and prayer at our park where they want to do it. And July 30th, we're going to have a protest against it. And we hope people come from all around the state of Wisconsin to say not in our town. We don't want that in our town. Uh, Pastor Ken said it well last night at church. He said, you don't get off the wall when you're needed on the wall and when you're in the middle of a battle you don't depart you don't leave the 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 fight the battle stand in god's name we stand we say the battle belongs to the lord but the soldiers need to be available and ready to battle in prayer and stand against this tremendous uh upheaval and and fight against god's word and the faith Stand for what you stand for, and God will stand with you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth, with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. 
If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at AOL.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are all the